Gardening Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together, each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Hello, gardening friends, and how are you? Us? Well, I'm so glad you're asked. We are fabulous at this end, and you can call through any time between now and 10 a.m. with the gardening questions. Now, the number is 94841927. Bev will take your call. We have John Glidden standing by, and you can email us. Our email address, you should all know it off by heart by now, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. And... uh, Gee, Saturday morning totally rocked with Alan Simons, didn't it? And uh, his fabulous uh, accomplice, Lisa Billingham. Nice to meet you, Lisa. Thank you for supporting Alan. And not forgetting, big shout out to our cycling DJ, Jim Crinan. And he'll be back next week. Okay, wow, what a week it's been. Uh, Here we are again. Here we are again. It goes very, very quickly. And I think, yeah, let's just try and I focus on, I, I say to myself, one more day, one more day of heat and perhaps tomorrow we have a reprieve for a little while. It's been quite punishing It has for are our gardens, gardens and us. Are they getting used to it, Ray, do you think? Are they getting used to it? Does anyone get used to 42? Well, you go outside and you check the temperature and you go, mm, yep, we're up there again. Yeah. But it's the canopy, you know, I've... I've wandered mm. around the garden this morning. In fact, I lost track of time when I was out there this morning. Did How a unusual. Of, yeah. Did a bit of hand watering. Picked a few things that I think are looking good. And some things are powering through. Well, some, some things actually like it. I've noticed uh, even even pot plants, for example, you know, that are in shaded positions that I'm hand watering. I was, I was out last night. Yep, it would have been 10 o'clock doing something, you know, garden-related. And I just looked at the leaves on something and I thought, you've just gone absolutely rogue with this weather. Mm. I love it. Some things are looking amazing. Exactly. I wish I haven't gone rogue, although I'd like to. Uh, I wish I looked amazing in this heat. The uh, jungle cactus are putting on lots of new growth. The aroids. I went to the first aroid meeting of the year last weekend, my first meeting. The pictures look spectacular. Down at... Cheryl's place in Mandra. She is just an amazing gardener. The most healthy plants and the leaves, Ray. Oh, as as big as pumpkins, some yeah, of them. Some bigger. I know. And it was just like, oh, it's I'm just hooked like again. being a kid in a lolly shop. Mm. Absolutely. And uh, for the photos you sent through were absolutely beautiful. Mm. Yeah, one of my very much fave uh, families, if you like, of, of plants. I think the the um, in particular, I like you know our philodendrons. They are make excellent indoor plants. Well, they do, don't they? Mm. And so many different varieties. Yeah, there's like so much. Four hundred eighty nine, apparently. Okay, and counting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. All right, we've got a another huge show. Feel like Father Christmas. We have so many uh, great prizes to give away today and uh, we thought we'd start the show with the winner of the prize from last week which was a fantastic 
irrigation controller. It's a Wi-Fi irrigation controller uh, from Hunter, and it's called HydraWise. Now, it's a 12-station pro high-C irrigation controller valued at $510. So that's a lot of money. If we're putting a new irrigation controller in and someone says it'll be $510, we're all going to go, hmm, balk a little bit, aren't we? Well, and if was, you've got a fork out of your own pocket. I know. Yes. Oh, no, I was thinking driving here. How many of us have an old brick old honky stuck on our wall that's our irrigation controller and we battle away with it. I think we've all been there. I know people like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we've all been there, absolutely. And it's an important, if you're a gardener and you're serious about your garden, it's one more important facet of the overall flow of the garden to have the controller functioning. Well, Ray, we all need to be more sustainable and water is one of the pinnacle elements of having a water-wise garden and using it properly. So this is a fantastic tool in the box. Well, what's brilliant about it, I have this one, and if I can control it from my mobile phone, which I can, anyone can, and it is predictive watering. So, ha-ha, it'll sense, I'm saying ha-ha because it senses rain and it will modify how much water it actually puts on your garden. For example, if it were your watering day, um, that's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> Although I, I was driving yesterday and I heard someone say, an announcer say there was rain on Monday and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll believe yeah. that when I see it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is so, that a ploy to turn up your sprinklers? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. But of course it is all Wi-Fi controlled. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's easy. My voice is going <coughs> as it does at this time of the day. Don't ask me why. And uh, yeah, I, I cannot speak highly enough of this this fantastic unit. So it's it, unit. It's a wonderful gift from Hunter, and uh, we thank Hunter very much. And okay, we went through our emails, and we're going to. We also have another prize to give away, and and we asked for a little story. But a lot of people entered and said, you know, please consider me. Here are my details. We just want a little story as to why. Okay. And uh, that that narrowed things down for us to choose our winner of the HydraWise unit. And we chose an email and it's written by Judy Welch. Now, Judy is the mum. Okay. And she's written in on her son's behalf. And his name is Bryce. Now, he lives up in Madeley. He's a mad gardener. Okay. And so Jude... You are the winner. Your son is the winner. And we are going to be in contact with you uh, after after the program. And we will connect you as to where you can actually collect your very, very sexy HydraWise unit from. Uh, it'll be from one of the nutrient outlets, of which there are many around Perth. So we'll pick one that is closest. I imagine you might be collecting it, one that's closest to you. And, uh, yeah, and I'll give you a hand as well with... Uh, uh, getting it set up. So it's a it's a fantastic price. So congratulations to you guys and thank you for emailing us. Fantastic. All Did right. you read out the story? Do you want me to? Oh, absolutely. I think, <laughs> okay, it's only I a think short one. Um, and it says, hi, I'd love my name added to the list. My son would so love this. He is disabled, wheelchair bound, absolutely loves his garden and is into technology. So we've got tick, tick. Okay, hard for him to go out and water. Not sure what gets wetter. I come in like that and uh, <laughs> I've got 
and uh, from head to toe to you. And it says his his name is Bryce and he lives in his own home in Madeley. So, Bryce, there you go. Uh, We selected you. We hope this helps you. I think that you're going to absolutely love this uh, because there's just so much you can control about your water. And and these units are all about saving water or using water more and using water more efficiently uh, for your garden. And uh, you're just going to have an absolute ball with that little gadget. Okay, so well done. And thank you to everyone who did send us emails. <coughs> now, just because yes. you you didn't win this week, you can enter you again. Can do it again. We we have another e, just like the other e. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Do you want to explain what we have? Uh, yes, we have from Daryl at um, HR, HR products. products. Yes. Yes. We have a Beehive Pro Smart Wi-Fi irrigation controller valued at $359. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't used one of these. Uh, Ray is the techno guru as far as smart controllers go. I'm looking into getting one very, very soon. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to having a crack at it. And it does also have the smart approved watermark. So these are great units that are going to help us save water in the garden and water more efficiently. And this is our role now to use water more wisely. I think probably when you have a 42 degree week, mm. uh, you know, it's all bets are off. But in the normal range of conditions let's make the most of our water let's save water let's show that we can act responsibly we don't need rules to change to be doing the right thing yeah those of us that care and want to do better let's work together we'll we'll try and educate our people and over the coming weeks we will provide more tips and tricks about saving water we have the spotlight on on water issues at the moment, and uh, WA Turf Growers Association are also kicking in to provide us with some other fabulous water-saving prizes to give away by way of product that you can put into onto your into your soil. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. We're also giving that away two products away each week for the next eight weeks. We've got our bigger trees voucher coming up for seventy-five dollars as well. So, but uh, as I say, we go we have another unit that we're also giving away the following week. This particular one, the Orbit Beehive Pro 8-Station Outdoor Smart Door Controller uh, with a value of $359 is being given to us by Daryl Wiley from uh, HR Products. They're a leading Australian distributor. You want to say something? I do, Ray. I do need to say something. So Monday night I was invited along to a Zoom meeting with the Green Space Alliance and These were industry leaders that got together. They are working behind the scenes in response to this bore water proposal. And, you know, I just want everyone to know how hard they're working. As I said to you, Ray, my concern is that um, it is actually being left to to those that know and and care Mm. to come up with a solution. Solution. And I think that's sad in that the people responsible for our water perhaps haven't looked at all the solutions or asked be, for more help before, before they propose these changes. They're far too quick. Yeah. I know people that either don't have a bore or don't support the three days a week bore watering, but there's a lot of stories out there. And together with industry partners and leaders, we can all work together. And this is why... 
thus supporting us with these products and services to help our public. We need to work together for the sake of our water, sustainability and the future of water and our planet. Okay. Do you feel better now? Yeah. I <laughs> know oh, I don't feel better, Ray. I'm sorry. This has just been I'm with me for weeks and teasing. months now. And it kind of hurts that we we have to, you know, go to ground, do our homework to provide the feedback so that they understand and provide solutions. So, you know, and I value all those emails that we've got because I've yeah. got far more information. Mm. I've heard that our water is going to Kalgoorlie. Yeah. There's water uh, flooding in a drain and being channeled away, mm. not far from Forestdale Lake. Yeah. So there's a couple of Examples. you know areas to look at. There's a new development going up at Jinjin. Don't yep. know where that water's coming from, but I heard that the Nangara Mountains Mound. in trouble. So let's look at some of the the it, proposals. It seems a little bit hypocritical yeah. out there, doesn't it? Yep. I agree with you. Twenty past eight. We're chatting with Carol Fudge. Now, she's the sales and marketing manager of Banara Nurseries. Banara Nurseries are wholesale, but when you go to a nursery, pretty much any nursery here in Perth, there's a good chance you're buying uh, a product that's come from Banara Nurseries. And we're talking about green gifts for Valentine's Day. Do you still celebrate Valentine's Day? I'll be flat out getting a kick in the pants. <laughs> well, I'll probably buy Eddie a <clears throat> nice me. plant. <laughs> oh, what a great idea by Beverly Plant. Yeah, well, actually, that's actually quite quite perfect. And of course, the hot topic at the moment is indoor plants. So we will be chatting to Carol very shortly. Uh, we have lots to talk about today. Encourage your calls nine four eight four one nine two seven. We know it's a very very hot day. I think we'll all be going underground, perhaps popping out to check your garden from time to time. That's what I will be doing. And fill up the bird baths. That, absolutely, I did that last night. That will be my day. Literally just survival mode is what we slide into, right? We do, yes. Okay, all right. Now, what should we do? We've got a couple of minutes. Would you like to do an email if we have one? We do. We have a mystery plant, Ray, and this is from Pam in Hamilton Hill. And she sent us some photos of a very tall, it, it looks like a Jack in the Beanstalk plant, going for gold it is. Um, now, it looks to me like... A sunflower. Now, yeah, I think John so. thought it was a nicotiana plant, mm. um, but it, to me, it's got the hallmarks of a sunflower, and it's actually going up and out, and it's developing clusters. So I wrote back to her and I said, "I think you'll find before too long it will burst it's, open it's with go, big yellow flowers, yeah. and enjoy every stage of it because as the the seeds form, you will get visitors." The, the parrots and the cockatoos will come in because they love sunflower seeds. As it starts to break down, you can collect the seeds, but you'll also get aphids and wasps and ladybirds and hoverflies. So there's this amazing cycle. So I encouraged her to, to monitor for that. Mm. However, in the meantime, uh, an arborist came in and they were doing some tree work and he told her it was a weed and so it's gone. Oh, no! Yes. You've since found out. <laughs> yes, last night. You're joking. Mm. After all of that. Like, oh, no. Oh, okay. But but they're easy to grow. So yeah, she throw, throw grow around again. a few bird seeds. And what, what my antenna went up with that email was she was saying that someone told her in a nursery that drones that go overhead drop seeds or something. Well, I thought, what any, anybody could 
potentially do that. <clears throat> I guess I, so. But, but birds hey, will do that, Ray. You of know, course. a bird can chomp of off course. a whole head and, and just, fly away. I find pine cones in my garden. Oh, and yeah, I, d- yeah. I just think the cockies have got a sense of humour. They've got pine cone. They've gone, oh, it might grow there. We'll drop it there and we'll come back in a few years and... Our trees will be ready. <laughs> yeah, they're smarter than we are, aren't they? Okay, nine four eight four one nine two seven. On the other side of this break, we're chatting with Carol Fudge from Benara Nurseries. Twenty-two minutes after eight, you are tuned into Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye. Now we were talking about chatting with Carol Fudge. She will be with us very, very soon from Banara Nurseries, and wanted to talk about some water-wise gardening options and indoor plants, and have a nice little, little uh, girly chat. Happy, happy, happy chat, happy chat. That's what we're here for. <laughs> okay, here we go. Carol, good morning. You're with Ray and Faye. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well, very well. I've just been outside in the garden trying to get a little bit of stuff done before it gets so hot. How are you managing? You've got such a huge setup out there. How are you managing? The nursery. Oh, look, the nursery takes care of itself. We've got lots of, you know, really good um, water management practices in place. Everything sort of monitored and, and you know, rain sensors, all of those, those yeah. wonderful sort of gadgets and technology that help you. But it's a time of the year when you're planting a lot of new plants. So yeah. we're already we're already planting for spring and almost right through to Christmas um, already, at this point. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little bit um, <clears throat> agonising when you plant out a nice little fresh crop of something and then the temperature hits 43 and you can see them all slowly frying out Absolutely there. Absolutely sizzling. So you've been out in your own garden this morning, have you, Carol? I've been out in the, my own garden this Just morning. Just trying to, yeah. yeah. We all slide into survival mode, right? We do, we do. Actually, I I just took a couple of my indoor plants outside and um, gave them a very gentle sort of hose off in the rain and and brought them back in quickly before they could cry. Absolutely. No, I think we're all doing lots of little touches here and there. I mean, I should have been on my way here this morning and I thought I'll just quickly do one thing Mm. before I leave. And it was to do with all my roses and I was spraying them with some drought shield, which I like to put on on these really hot days. Mm. And suddenly I thought, oh my goodness, you know, I'm supposed to be (laughs) heading to work and I'm out here in my garden. Time slips by, but I think we're all doing a little lot of tweaking at the moment because, gee, this is punishing heat, really punishing on us, our gardens, everything. It is. So, it is, and we've got to be so careful with how much water we use and, um, you know, plant and groupings and how we how we manage water in our gardens. And I think it's really important as, you know, we, we want a green city to live in, yeah. um, that we manage our water really, really carefully um, and um, and don't sort of squander it um, stupidly all over the garden just to to keep it wet, you know, monitor how long we have our sprinklers on for because, you know, we only need them on for a certain amount of time and then the plants have taken up that water. Yeah, as much as they can. Making make sure we water really early in the morning so that the plant's got a chance to take it up at sort of four and five o'clock in the morning before it evaporates. Exactly. And Carol, you just mentioned grouping plants together. Well, let's just say... You know, the word that encompasses that is hydrozoning. Mm. And, and that means grouping plants together. Now, I guess for a lot of people, they may have parts of their garden frying because they can't keep up. So this is an opportunity to to top up with more water-wise plants. So what plants are some of the ones that 
that will just power through. Like Rain, I've been talking this morning, there's some plants in the garden that just lap it up, you know? You yeah. just can't set them back with the heat. Um, well, okay, taking a, a walk around my garden, what looks fantastic in all the heat and, and the full blazing sun, Carissa Desert Star, probably one of my favourite plants. <laughs> it just, it's, um, it can be a little spiky, but oh, particularly on our coastal sand plain, it does so well. And it's such an underused plant, I think. That one's a great plant. Uh, Look, don't, don't go any further yeah, because we're, both curious. We, we we're not know. familiar with this one. Hmm. Okay, so Carissa Desert, Desert Star looks like a gardenia. And, um, oh. I, live on, I live by the coast and, you know, I've got one gardenia in my garden that's sitting under the shade of frangipani tree at the moment, hmm. struggling for life in this heat, whereas the Carissa Desert Star is out in the full blazing sun with a concrete edge of the driveway along the side of it yeah. and it, it doesn't blink but it has that beautiful white flower dark glossy glossy green foliage um, and it performs really really well so it gives you that lush tropical look that we all love but it's it's just it's and it's yeah not water hungry at all and it's like so, a gardenia my goodness i'm there right it gives, it, it gives you the look of a gardenia in the garden so that one works Gosh. really really well for for those of us who have that alkaline soil um right yeah. on the you know Coasts, on the coastal plain yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so i'm just sort of looking out at the garden now at what i've got i've got a few sort of um I've got a few alstroemerias that still sort of, you know, they, they power away. They're still flowering at this time of the year. You just sort of deadhead them every now and again, and they're coping very well. I've got a couple of pelagoniums, the old-fashioned pelagoniums in the garden. That they're a lot hardier, well. aren't they? Mm. Yeah, and things like status, you know, the old-fashioned yeah, sort of yeah. blue status. Yeah. That works so well, again, in, in our sandy soils, and it doesn't doesn't blink when it's 40 degrees. And I, I like colour, and I like, be able, I like to be able to pick flowers and yeah, bring them in the house. Yeah. So, you know, things like that work in, in 43-degree heat, and you can still go out and pick a bunch of, of that status all, all through summer. Carol, the Alstroemerias. Now, we had a, a call last week or the week before about Alstroemeria that went yellow and, and died down, and I know that mine in the garden, then you can't even see that they're there. But ones that I bought recently in pots... I bought a Maya and a Valentine, and they are powering away, flowering. In fact, I bought a bunch of them in here today for Ray. Yeah, okay. So there's 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 quite a lot of Alstrom areas around um, that you can buy, and different breeding. Most of that breeding comes out of Holland. Mm. Um, so with a lot of the Alstroemerias, some of the older fashion types, mm. they, they go really lovely. They grow through the winter months and then they flower their hearts out all through spring. And then they, they die down in the summertime when it's really, really hot. And then they begin, they will always come back next year. Yes. Yeah. So don't despair if they disappear because some of those colors are, are gorgeous. But there are also some, some, you know, good breeding out there, um, in, in Alstrom areas now, which which will keep repeat flowering. But I find with, you know, I've got um, Claire is the one I'm looking at at the moment, which is a beautiful white one. And I like that because in the in the um, summer, in the evenings, you can always see yeah. a white flower in the garden. It's sort of glowing. Quite a lot mm. of, yeah, so I've got quite a lot of that one. But I think the secret with that is to always, as you see those stems die down and they start to go a bit dry, I pull them. So I pull them so that the base of the... The base of the plant, you know, I pull the whole sort of 
yes. um, stem out of the ground, and then they just keep regenerating. And I mean, obviously, they they do like they do like water at least twice a week. And um, but yeah, no, I'm looking at flowering heartily in the garden. So the Princess Lily range is really, really good. Um, that breeding is meant to repeat flower and keep going. But again, they're not they're not bred for 44 and 43 degree. None of us are. So, yeah. Yeah. So you know, having those in pots and and yeah. you know just dragging the pots under the shade of the eaves in in the the middle of the day is probably not a bad thing at this time of the year. And when it's too hot to be out in the garden, mm. what's happening indoors with plants? Um, okay, well, it's been an interesting roller coaster over the last couple of years with everybody looking for that new and different yes. and sort of unicorn plants. But yeah. when I look around my little collection of some of them which were probably unicorn plants, I'm finding that I'm more and more left with I don't know, the old-fashioned hardy stuff. Yes. I've given up on some of the unicorn plants who are just too fussy. Tricky, and very too tricky. Much, mm. Too much of my attention. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I walk around the house at the moment, I've got, um, I've got a lot of um, ZZ plants around the house because mm-hmm. I work you know, full-time and yeah. I don't have that time to spend on things. So I like plants that thrive on neglect. <laughs> and, um, so the ZZ plant for me is, um, you know, I don't think there's many pests that really like it very much. It's uh, yeah, it's almost indestructible. I have several. I have the black one. Do you do you have that one? Yeah, so I've got um, I've got the raven. I actually have that one upstairs yes. in my bathroom, yes, and that one just powering away. And I, I adore that because so. it's, it's always exciting when a new shoot comes out. Yes. And it's sort of bright, vivid green, and then that that transitions to black. Yeah. And I've also got the the um, the baby brother, the dark zamicro. I'm actually looking at a giant one here. I've got in a big white pot at the moment. It's gorgeous. So the the, um, the zamicro is a sort of a, it's not actually a dwarf as such, but it's a smaller leaf form, and it's got more multiple stems, and the stems are thick thinner. Okay. So again, same deal. That starts out with a green, beautiful green leaf that just transitions to black over time. And um, oh, this one's just magnificent. So that's a really, really nice one. And I don't have to do anything. Leave right. it for two, three weeks. I can go down south for exactly. a couple of weeks and not even worry about watering and exactly. how it's going to get wet. So, yeah. yeah, that's a really good one. And some of the old-fashioned philodendrons. Um, I particularly like the tiger. T- oh, we just lost you. Are you there? It's got very long sort of um, serrated leaves and, and um, I've got a big bushy one of those in my living room. That That's awesome. I actually took that outside and gave it a bath this morning. Don't leave um, it out in winter if you get as cold as I do because no. mine very much suffered. Which one is <laughs> yeah, that? Sorry. No. T- tiger no. tooth? It's... Uh, it's a tiger tooth. It's a, um, It's got a very long, very heavily serrated leaf. Um, it's got a very sort of almost a slow climbing habit. So it's perhaps mm. one you could put on a an old, a totem pole at the moment. I've got it on a bit of an old wooden trellis that yeah. is sort of supporting it at the moment. So that one's a good one. You can't go past Sansevieria. Um, mm. You know, I've got a, a number of different types of Sansevieria, which I think are. Yeah. Awesome for, for indoors. They're, they're, um, again, you can leave those for weeks on end and not worry if you forget to water them. And I guess Ripsalis are another one. Uh, yes, I've got hanging baskets over my kitchen window with different types of Ripsalis in them. Um, Ripsalis and some of the epiphytes, sort of cactusy type 
things that um, trail the zigzag cactus. I've got one of those hanging over my kitchen sink. That that's um, that's rather gorgeous. I haven't. This one has never flowered, but somebody. Um, Somebody sent me a photograph of one in flower the other day. I can't wait for mine to come oh. out. So that's what, a nice one to get hold of. What colour is it? Um, I think there might be various colours. This particular one was, an, I suppose, an orangey, orangey oh, flower. Pretty. Yeah, very, very pretty. So, yeah, Ripsalis are good. I've got a lot of um, hanging baskets with Ripsalis just outside my, uh, over my sort of outdoor table as well. Again, you know, if you're having hanging baskets and you're, you want low maintenance, they're, they're very good for that. They, they're very forgiving. They they sure are. And the, they just love a spritz. Some of them will put on some aerial roots. So I go out there every couple of days, maybe even with this heat, and just give them a, a spray yeah, and yeah. make sure their mix is wet and free draining. Yeah, yes, yes. They don't like wet wet, wet feet at all. Um, but, um, yeah, no, the, the indoor plants, I think, I, I think they have to... They have to adapt to our lifestyle, and um, and they're um, you know they're, they're good if you get the right plant and find the right light and the right spot for it, and and they'll yeah they should last for for years. Now, Carol, what about cannas, the old-fashioned plants? Are there any new new ones of those out now? Uh, look, there's. I don't think there's new as such. We we work with things like the the old-fashioned canna tropicana with that very sort of outrageously orange and, yes, and yes. burgundy leaf and there's also the, the black leaf form which has those sort of shout out red flowers yes. um, those two I think are superstars in the garden because even mm. when they haven't got a flower on they've got they a lot still of look great. Mm-hmm. I've got yeah, them and yeah. we have um, we do have a love affair with sort of tropical um, sort of barley style gardens here in Perth which mm. Uh, dry climate doesn't always lend itself to, but you can create that look without having to go for high water-consuming uh, plants. So cannas are great because, again, they don't need a lot of water. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they can, if you've only got a small garden, it's probably one to keep in a pot rather than in the yeah. ground. Yeah, because they can travel. They're mm. funny because they on, on the flip side, you can sit them in water and they'll be just as happy. Like in a pond, yeah. That's exactly true. Yes, yes, you can, um, and they they don't mind that as well. They are very versatile, but and they will give you. But they they can they can get out of control, and they die down in our our winter time. And you just sort of chop them off at the base yeah. and, and let them go, and it doesn't yeah. take long for them to shoot back in in early spring. For sure. Oh well, that's given our listeners a few ideas, and certainly a plant or two that we didn't know was out there. So that's great. Thanks, Carol. Oh, not a problem. <laughs> Thanks very much. And, right. and what will you be getting for Valentine's Day, Carol? What will I be getting for Valentine's <laughs> Day? Possibly a cup of tea. Yeah. Well, I said a kick in the pants, and I think Faye's buying a husband a, a plant for him. Yes. He, he will love that. <laughs> Don't anyone tell him. Well, do you know what? For those ladies out there that want to buy their husband something, tell them to keep an eye out for the new blue kangaroo paw that's <gasps> Oh my that goodness! Won't make it for Valentine's Day to the shop. No. But make make sure you keep your eyes open towards the end of March. That one bred by our very own Digby at Kings Park. Will you be distributing um, that? Will you, Carol? We, yes, Banara <gasps> is um, is distributing that through Western Australia. So um, stock is very limited in these early stages. The supply of the material is is being built up 
over time. So keep an eye out for that one. And that, that might, it's, it's got something sort of mannish about it. So for ladies out there wanting to buy their husbands a plant, that's probably the one to go no one. Carol, is there any chance you could put me on your mailing list and give us a heads up when that's coming, please? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. That would yes. be great. Um, and me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll problem. tell you, Ray. Not a problem. Yeah, look, I think um, I think Kings Park will be making some announcements in early March um, around yeah. around that particular plant. Um, the I'd... breeding program up there is, is um, phenomenal. Is phenomenal, especially looking for you know hardy, drought tolerant plants and and um, and becoming the source of, of information and education around around that for for WA and and Australia, to be honest. Mm, They're leaders, aren't they? They are, definitely. Well, thank you very, very much, young lady. Uh, We'll let you go and do what you need to do uh, to keep yourself cool and uh, look after yourself. And thank you for all the information that you've uh, given us and our listeners this morning. Very much appreciated. Not a a problem. Thanks thanks very much. Take care. Thanks, Carol. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. When we had Andrea Whiteley on, we were talking about the blue kangaroo I know, paw, and I, I said heard. I would be, dra- be dragged over broken glass to get on my hands on one of those. So I wonder <sighs> if we can put our names down somewhere for where when they do come in because they're going to be limited. I mean, well, every- if anybody's listening <laughs> yeah. that has a nursery, Bay and Ray, Bay and Ray, <laughs> just one plant each. We're not greedy. Mm. Yeah, okay, uh, let's go to Molly. Uh, hi, Audrey, and thanks for waiting. No worries at all. Thank you for listening to me. I've, I've been always enjoying your program. Thank um, you. I had- nice to hear. <laughs> I had um, some success with a staghorn you referred me to someone some time ago and I bought a lovely little staghorn for my son-in-law. But my staghorn is absolutely huge and it's got a fern, a fishtail, whatever you call them, fern growing out of it. Right. And I don't want to poison the fern in case I poison the staghorn. Uh have you got any suggestions or not? Are you unhappy with the fishbone fern growing in the staghorn? It doesn't worry me when it's on the top of it, but the, the rotten little thing oh. started coming out when where the down yes. fronds are. Yes. yes, So I pulled it out of there. Mm. But, yeah. Yes, so... <laughs> it's a hard one. One for John Benesavich. Mm. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. You know, I I don't want to um, no. kill it in any way. Oh, well, so do you I know what I just got? And I, I, by looking at it, I would be able to ascertain whether you could actually do this. But my husband bought me some long-handled pliers. So they're like long oh. tweezers. And you can actually oh. get in. Yeah. In, right in in a small area where you can't get in with your hand, Fingers, yeah. so it's good for oh, taking yeah. leaves out of bromeliads that are spiky, yeah. that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Um, oh. So if if you pull it and tug it, if you can get access to the the point in the middle that is actually yeah. rooted, uh, yeah. otherwise just cut, like give it a little pull and cut, and maybe the the leaf will grow the other way not through the new leaf that's evolving and maybe that Mm -hmm. may control it somewhat but I guess if you were to to pull out 
the other one that is growing out of the top, it also may come that way. Yeah. Oh, well. It's a bit bit oh, of a process. Yeah. Um, you, it is. Yes. And being um, of a good age, I'm not allowed on ladders, so okay. I can't get up and pull things out of the right. top of it. So. And you're in Morley, Audrey. Yes. Right. Yes. I, wonder, I wonder who's out at Morley. Well, I'll tell you what. Tomorrow we have a Fern Society meeting and yeah. they meet at 2 o'clock at the Senior Citizens Hall in Manning, corner of Lay and Downey Street. Now... Yeah. I will see if there is anyone who lives out Morley Way that may be uh-huh. able to help you out. Wonderful. Uh, now, if we put you back to Bev... I'll put you on hold, yep. We'll get yes. your details and see what we can do for you, Audrey. Oh, you're very, very kind. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Okay, that's our bestest. Okay, Audrey, I'm putting you back to Bev. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, bye. All right, okay. We'll be back in a moment. Okay, this is Let's Talk Gardening. Straight back out to the lines. We are in Mundaring. Good morning to Margaret. Oh, good morning. That was quick. How are you, Margaret? Girls, um, look, I've got a dozen tomato plants that need homes and they're self-sown and they're roamers and they're only about a foot high at the moment. Oh, there's someone bound to... Cash in on that, Margaret. If anyone's in the Mundaring area who'd like one or two tomato plants, they're very, very welcome to them. Okay. Well, we'll put you back to Bev and uh, she can get your details. And if listeners call in, uh, they can uh, uh, catch up with you in Mundaring and help themselves with some lovely Roma tomatoes. Mm. Very good. Thank you, girls. All right. We'll do that now. Nice to hear from you. Thank you for your information. It's very valuable. Thank you. Very interesting. Keep cool. Take care. (laughs) Cheers. All right. All right. So there you go. If you'd like some free Roma tomatoes and you're in the Mundaring area or we don't mind travelling a bit, we have Margaret's details. And uh, give give Bev a call and we'll connect you. Hmm. Now, uh, in the break, John has brought us in a couple of emails. This one is from Sally. She says... Hi, ladies. I hope you are well this warm morning. She's been meaning to ring up and ask but thought an email might be better because she was able to send photos. Her favourite tree in her all-native garden is a hakea sea urchin. Over the last 10 years, we've enjoyed flocks of black cockatoos and it's been a wonderful feature due to its structure and cute flowers. However, these last two summers it's been suffering and she's concerned that it won't survive. Do you have any ideas why it might be dying? She said, I've been giving it extra water, but I'm wondering if it's getting too crowded by the ever-growing trees. Any suggestions? Well, one of the things about hakeas is they don't like a lot of water and they can be uh, prone to fungal attack. So I have seen this happen. I think the fact that it's getting extra water, Sally, may be contributing to its demise. So what you can do is go in, give it a little bit more airspace, but that's probably not the main problem. I would cut it back, cut back the dead, dying, diseased stems and branches and just allow it to reshoot from there. Being a native, it may not be long-lived and like you say, it may be coming to the end of its life. But what I did find, because I had one that blew over in a storm and it 
yeah, that was the end of it. But new ones have come up. So save some of those seeds and scatter them in your garden and you'll get some germination, I'm Babies. sure. Mm. They don't like being fertilised either. Well, no, and you, you wouldn't. I wouldn't expect one would be in an all-native garden. Mm, mm. I have one. Mine's mine's a funny little thing. It's quite straggly and it looks a bit like this, you know. What, what the <laughs> heck? What the heck is that? I don't know. It's a Lorena, Hakia, and it is growing, but it's so just it's distorted. It's, it's just its form is very strange. Oh, oh, see, I would get in there with the secateurs and just take control, right? Mm, okay. Well, it was a baby, obviously, when it was put in. Mm, well, the best time to prune or to shape something is when it when goes into little. the ground. Don't wait for it to get bigger. And Yes, you, Start, you take, take control. Take control. But not, it's not, a, we, I'm going to send you a photo. It's okay. just a, it just doesn't look right. right. Okay, but... Um, yeah, all right. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. I'm going to give something away. Good. Good I think I you. should. Okay, we're being really strongly supported at the moment by the WA Turf Growers Association, uh, the gorgeous Eva Ricci, and she has arranged for us to give two products away each week. Now these are products uh, for your lawns, for your garden, and they are top notch. I mean, we're talking top of the wizard. The best you can get. Top of the wazza. Top of the wazza, the wizard, the wazza. Biagra and Aquaforce. These products work together. They're valued at $75. Okay, now Biagra, it's a new generation water retention aid, providing excellent penetration for applied water, outstanding retention of moisture in normally low water retaining root zones, and improved uniformity of hydration. It's not a wetting agent. As such, it's a dual action moisture retaining agent, meaning it will encourage your soil to hold water once it's penetrated into the soil. So then the Aquaforce is a premium grade commercial wetting agent soil surfactant, which allows for deep water penetration into the soil. These two outstanding products work together. So you use the Aquaforce first, then a few days later you come along behind with the Viagra. Now these are primarily designed for lawns. So if you would like to have the best lawn in the street... If you'd like to do some work on your lawns, and lawns are probably some lawns suffering at the moment with uh, water repellency Exposure issues and yeah, heat. all sorts. Okay, so it's mm. a it's a fabulous way of helping your soil retain moisture. Okay, now if you would like to play with us this morning, you must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Now, there is another catch. We have various distributors where you can actually collect your prizes from. This one will be from Westland Turf, and they are located in Burragoon. So to enter this competition today, if you'd like to win these two products, you must be happy to go to Burragoon to collect the prizes. Okay, so that is what I do need to stipulate. And that area changes week to week. Some are in the north, some are in the south. Okay, so everyone gets a little bit uh, of, of the... A crack at it. Now, for the best looking lawn in your hood, here is the question. What is xeriscaping? What is xeriscaping? Okay. Give Bev a call, 94841927. And don't forget, you must be Curtin FM member, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Spell xeriscaping, please, Ray. X-E-R-I-S-C-A-P-I-N-G. Xeriscaping. Great. I, I love it. Yes, you love the concept. Mm, I do. Okay, zero escaping. What actually is it? Go to it. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Curtain Radio. 
Appreciate your company this morning. This is Let's Talk Gardening. The phones have gone crazy, so we know that uh, lots of you are trying to get through to Bev at the moment uh, to win the fabulous prizes donated to us by Turf Growers Association of WA. Compliments of Asia. Richie, she's really looking after us, and the products are called by Agra and Aquaforce. Uh, fabulous products and uh, we have eight weeks worth to give away so if you don't get through today day, today's not your day you'll have another opportunity next week and we do have a winner by the way we do have a winner so yeah try again next week guys okay over to you i was just going to acknowledge an a, a letter that we received from yeah. uh, frank and kerry they live in south lake not far from me and they were just noticing well They've noticed around the neighbourhood in certain areas where people have been doing the wrong thing watering and they have done their bit to advise both the water authority and councils about this and they're disappointed that uh, not a lot of action was happening. So, mm. um, yeah, they've given a few examples here. It's a nearly two-page letter that mm, they've taken the, mm. the time to write. Yes, we to, appreciate to you sending that to us, guys. And, yeah, from leaving mm. the hose running to to sprinklers being on in the rain, etc., yeah. which is a gripe that a lot of people we have. We all and, see that in our burbs, don't mm. we? Mm. I, do, I do wonder, though, um, you know, like where does the water go? If Is it actually being wasted mm. when... When water goes into the ground during rainy periods, mm. Just it's like taken rain. out. Mm. Is it actually wasted mm. as it returns to our aquifers underground? In some areas, it's very, it's very uh, close to the surface, like Bibra Lake. You know, if water was wasted there, for example, it's not far to re. It doesn't take. Long to recharge, recharge compared yeah. to another area. Different. So, areas. is it really wasted? Yeah, mm. I, you mm. know, it's a question. It's certainly a waste of electricity if you're pumping it from a bore. Uh, if it is skim water, it's certainly a waste of skim and, water and because as Carol, that is value. As Carol valuable. said, the, the plants can only take up so much water. That's right. Yeah. So, mm. and you see this a lot in the middle of winter. Uh, when we don't need to have our sprinklers on where people... But you do need to get your water down. If you've applied a wetting agent, you need to get that penetration. Yeah, for it to be effective, mm. absolutely. And our winner is Bobby. And Bobby, we will be in touch with you as to where you can collect your prize. Uh, actually, we do know where you can collect your prize. Sorry, I'm I'm... There's so many things going on this morning. Uh, I'm talking about something else. Uh, it is in Burragoon, so it's Westland Turf in Burragoon, but we will be in contact with you, Bobby, and make sure that you are able to get in there and pick up your Biagra and Aquaforce. And do let us know how you go with those products. We always like to get some feedback as well. So good on you. All right. We're heading to Meadow Springs. We're talking about weeds. Hi, Bobby. Hello. Hi, love. Uh, look. If you've heard this one before, Perth Lane. Yes. Yeah. Um, just, just driving me crazy. Mm. Right. You know it's edible. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. So, I mean, I could eat for a year on it, when, you know, and mm. I've got to get someone to come and physically pull it out. Is there some magic weed killer for us? Well, Bobby, the thing about Perth Lane, it, it's a succulent weed. So if you pull it and you... 
it doesn't fully come away or you break off a bit yes. or you turn it over, it just gets going again. Uh, it It is a weed that is quite opportunistic. So if you are watering bare areas of garden or pathways, yes. Yes. it will come up. So if you, well, that's the first thing. So are you putting water where there's nothing growing? It's in the garden. Okay, so in the spaces between. So you could uh, potentially for next year, because this problem won't go away, it's an annual weed. I would be getting more mulch down in those areas between your plants. Yeah, I did that. And yeah. it was, well, someone else did it. Uh, and that was great, but it's back again. And right. it's a vengeance. Yeah. Oh, Bobby, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. it does our head in, doesn't it? We do something and we think we've done it, but then we have to do it again. So another way to combat it, if you're not mm-hmm. putting down uh, mulch or you put down mulch, you can also use a living mulch. So plants that creep across the ground to give the purslane competition. You could even, not when it's 40 degree temperatures, but before... Before the summer, you could put fillers in, annual plants that will take up space and grow. So you might use vincas or portulacas, something like that. Vincas and portulacas, okay. Now, they are an annual plant, but considering that that this weed is getting water, that sounds like the sort of area that they grow in. So have another look at your watering system. And I just doing about it. It's, it is what it is. Okay, so I look. Water. I understand that. What sort yeah. of plants are you growing in that area? Oh, now you've got me. It's one that is really uh, bountiful. Um, oh, okay, it, yeah, it doesn't worry. really matter. I would fill up your garden with plants. Right, more plants. And, and you're suggesting thinkers and put, put, but they're annuals. I'm 81 and I'm not, you know. Okay. I don't, yeah, I don't, so I depending on your style of garden, you might need to get someone to look at it or yeah, you could I, yeah. send us a photo. And what I would do is look at the plants that you've got growing there, look at your gaps and see what we could fill in the gaps to compete yes. with the yes. weeds that would suit the garden and the watering. And hopefully, like even climbing geraniums I've had in there, and they, they're good, you know, the climbing yes, geraniums. Yes, yes. Um, but this has taken over, yeah. Love, okay, so there's no actual spray I can put on them. Well, there so. certainly are sprays, but I would be fixing the problem rather, well, there, there are weed killers that you could spray there, but you can't get them on your other plants. No, I know that. No. I appreciate that. So can you tell me the names of them or give me an idea? There there would be uh, Zero, yes, or, which yes. is a glyphosate. Um, yes. Yeah, that's the, the one that I can think of off the top of my head. But if you could smother them, like put down newspaper and mulch on top. Well, I did that and yes, it worked beautifully. Well, yes. I didn't do it, but it worked beautifully. Um, so I might head back there again, I think. That is you know. that is what I would do again before reaching for anything that yeah. you have to buy in anything that's harmful. And you but can no. do chop and drop in your garden, not when it's 42 degrees, but 
you know, give the other plants a trim up around it. Put down some newspaper and layer clippings and anything organic that will mulch down on top. Yes, yes. And smother them. Where you're coming from. Thank you so much. I love hearing you guys. You all sound so happy in there. I feel like coming in. <laughs> You're welcome anytime, Bobby. <laughs> oh, I don't think I think I'd stir you up. No, oh, we, we that'd like be it. great. We need a bit of stirring up. <laughs> Girls, thank you so much. Thank oh, you. lovely to hear from you, Bobby. Bye bye. Stay cool. Cheers for now. Yes. Okay, it's time for the news. Temperature has already risen to 33 degrees and it will be very hot and sunny today with a maximum of 42. Overnight, the minimum will be 22 with a maximum tomorrow of 29. We're all grateful for that. It will be partly cloudy and looking for the rest of the week, Monday, partly cloudy with a maximum of 22. And Tuesday, again, partly cloudy with a maximum of 26. So a little bit of a breather coming our way. We just got to get through the next 24 hours. Straight back out to the lines. Maureen, thanks for waiting. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, thank you. Um, how are you girls? Very good, good. Maureen. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Listen, I've, I've lost quite a few plants, I suppose, like everybody else. In yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, one of uh, my problems is I've got these um, probably hip-high um, Florentine pots, big, you know, big ones, with, and they've got huge plants in them. And um, I just wonder if you could tell me if there's a way to not block the holes at the bottom because the roots go through. And once that jam set up, I've just lost uh, like a 10-year-old gardenia, which was just thriving beautifully. But because it blocked the hole at the bottom and because of my age, I don't do fire baths in the garden I, and the mozzies. I, I, it's quick out there and back in. But, so I didn't notice it, and it was just absolutely saturated to the mm. point it was really stinking. That, that you know, I sort of cut it back and laid the pot on its side to see if it drained. But I think I've lost that. But is there something you can do in the bottom of a pot when you put something new in to stop it really going well, through? You know, we always used to put chocks in the bottom of the pot, and that would be anything from blue metal to broken terracotta pots. Yeah polystyrene or yeah. or something that keeps it open at the bottom. Yeah. Now, having said that, they can still block, especially if those pots are sitting straight onto brick paving because yeah. roots are pretty smart and they're going to travel for moisture and nutrients and they'll go down that hole and into the ground underneath. So one thing you could do is sit them up on... Um, feet or or even a little wheelie base that you can move around so that's getting it up off the ground it also stops the slaters getting in the other thing would be to sit a pot inside a pot because you know 10 years plants are going to need some sort of maintenance Mm. they're not just uh put them in and let them go forever so having a, a plastic pot inside a pot will give it a little bit of insulation, and it means you can remove it and change it over every, you know. Yeah. You don't have to wait for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I've got um, on either side. I've got another two white Florentines with the um, a pine in it, and I'm trying to find a pine that doesn't grow too huge because it keeps out growing the pot. And now I've got one on one side and not one on the other side because mm-hmm. uh, that also blocks the roots, uh, the the hole down the bottom. So can you give me one that does not grow huge? Just I'm not really keen on the book leaves, but any other sort of um, one that grows a decent size without keep going and going and going. Maureen, I'm going to throw this one to John because he will come up with a far greater list from his research than what I've got in my head. Uh, So what height do you want? Well, probably about uh, like a metre high, just something because the Florentine pops are quite tall, so as I say, way size, just a nice... Um, cypress eating that was sort of um, cypress conifer the lemon lemon scent is a nice one and that can be kept short by simply clipping it Uh, I think a lot of them grow tall but you could you know actually bonsai it yeah and keep it in in order that way Hmm. but I've had what you've happened Maureen I've had that happen with a gardenia they just totally do not like wet feet and I've had the same problem I saw a lovely weeping um, lily pilly on the TV the other day. How high did that grow? That would actually look nice. Is that suitable for those kind of things? Oh, lily pillies are perfect for those sorts of pots. And they don't grow too huge. They can, but they suit clipping. But then there is a range of lily pillies, and they're bringing out new ones all the time. There's one called mm. Orange Twist. Uh, mm. There's a Bush Christmas. Uh, the small ones, Tiny Trev. There is such a range. This is the, another the, list the we pot, could get from pot John. Also controls how big the plant's going to get. Can only go yeah. get so big yeah. within a yeah. its environment yeah. in a yeah. certain time yeah. too. So yeah. So and. You, um, I see it on TV where they're saying doing a liquid feed and they pour it all over the, the leaves and everything. And you've got to be able to get up over it, don't you, Maureen? Mm. Well, also, but you can't do it in this heat, can you? No. When you're any part of the garden, really. So what time of day would you do that if you're giving a plant a, a liquid feed? Well, this morning I was out there at 7 o'clock and it was 20 degrees, but I don't think I'd do it before a 42-degree day because some residue may be left on the leaves, maybe at yeah. night time. Uh, but yeah. it, honestly, I, I would wait until after this spell's over. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got one corner that's got beautiful shade plants in and for the first time in 10 years, they, they've all burnt all the top. So I do yeah. think the heat we're having is a different, slightly different uh, part of the months than that because the sun must have shifted round. Yes, yeah, it does. You're so right, Maureen. Now, yeah. Maureen, one of our listeners has suggested putting shade cloth or even fly wire over the hole and that stops the roots travelling out as well. Yeah, I do oh, that. okay. Mm. Okay, so that, like that weed killer, so, you know, you put um, under um, um, slabs and that. Uh, probably not weed mat. No. It would be slower for the water to sleep at, seep out. But the shade cloth is excellent. Mm. Mm. Shade cloth. Okay, then. Thanks for your help. That's You're welcome. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. And Rita wants to talk about the person weed as well. How are you? Hello. Hi, Rita. Um, hello. Um, I'm just ringing about the purslane that the lady has. Um, purslane's really good for chooks and also in worm farms. So if she's got any neighbours that have either or even any of her friends have friends that have got 
crooks or um, worm farms. Excellent. They can come in. They can come in and dig it out of the garden, and then they can have a bit of a chat too. I that do like that. Good. That's nutrient recycling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And get and get someone that can help you clean them out of your your garden. That's and right. they go to a good so purpose. They, yeah. So they can come every couple of days and get some more fodder for their chooks. We like that. Very okay. good. Okay. Good anyway, suggestion. Ladies, have a lovely, lovely weekend and stay cool. You too. Thank you. Thanks, you too. Rita. Bye, Rita. Cheers for that. Bye-bye. So we are giving away another Wi-Fi system uh, to our listeners. This one is compliments of HR products, thanking Daryl Wiley for it. Now, it's called the Orbit Beehive Pro 8 Station Outdoor Smart Controller, valued at $359. It uses smart weather sense technology to track weather conditions for your postcode and adjust watering appropriately. Uh, We encourage listeners, we're going to keep this open to everybody. So in this instance, you don't have to be a Curtin FM member. Or any, or any of, that, of those things. We will open it to everyone. However, you must uh, give us a little spiel. We don't need three pages or anything. Just give us a little paragraph of why you would like to win this fabulous outdoor smart controller. Um, and Daryl actually tells us that straight out of the box, the Beehive is simple to install. And if you use Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, once you download the app onto your phone, the, the prize winner will be assisted, actually supported by the technical team at Orbit Beehive. And, of course, we're going to connect you with uh, those people, the customer service team, uh, once we uh, track down a winner. So if you'd like to win this, if you'd like to win this, guys, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Now, we're going to keep that open till 5 o'clock next Friday, 5 o'clock next Friday, 5 p.m., yeah. Uh, so entries can be sent to gardening at curtain, C-U-R-T-I-N, yeah. fm.com.au. Yeah, so you just simply have to email us and uh, tell us why you'd like to win the sensational Orbit Beehive Pro 8-Station Outdoor Smart Controller. Compliments of HR products. And as I say, thanking to thanks to Daryl Wiley from Leading Australian Distributors HR Products. So, yes, we'll tell you more about that as the morning goes along. It's just a little reminder so that you can start thinking. We've already given one away this morning. Uh, We've given a Hunter Hydrawise away to... I have my paperwork around here somewhere. (laughs) I don't know. I'm surrounded. I can't do any more than I'm doing this morning, folks. I've got stuff flying in all directions. And, uh, yes, and we have another um, smart controller to give away the following week as well. So That's amazing. We encourage people Ray? that entered into the competition in the last week, try again. Tell us a little bit more. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Helps us select our winner. Okay. I love hearing the stories from our listeners. Me and too. we've received quite a few over the last few weeks and last year when we started on our water topic. Um, oh, I, I love water, Ray. Love water <laughs> in the garden. You know, today, 42 degrees and... Today is the first members event for the year for Open Gardens WA. So there's still events on everywhere. And the garden mm. is my lovely friend April and her husband Ron. That's right. And I couldn't think of a more suitable garden for a 42 degree day. Lawn areas. But it will be cooler tomorrow. It, it will be. But her, her garden 
is under a canopy of trees, deciduous trees. Uh, She's put in a new cottage garden. She has a a shade house and just beautifully manicured lawns and gardens. It's just a great... I, I can't think of anyone... You know who would who would have done more during this hot weather to present a garden? Of course, it's it's a huge ask at yeah. this time of year. This is our third bout of forty degrees. I know, or more. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right, we're heading to Casarina. We're talking about spiders in pots. Hi, Beth. Hi there. How are you going? Hi, good. Thanks, Beth. Um, I just a lot of my plants that are in the pot. They have a lot of spider webs, and I presume obviously there's spiders there. Yes. Do you know um, something safe to get rid of them? Uh, affect the plant. Predators. <laughs> I, I love Sorry? my predators, the the good bugs in the garden. Um, so you know, occasionally I have these. They'll they'll hop into a bromeliad and make a web or whatever. Um, yeah, where are they in a shade house or around your patio? Are you, oh, it's the patio. I have got actually in that. What's that first one you said? Familiad. Is that yes. that pink flower that comes up? Yes. That, well, there are. I've got a. There, I've got a great big spider in one of them, but I just left him there. Yes. Well, I do. I, you know, there are there are different spiders in different areas of the garden. Um, uh, around the house, you'll often see a quite a big white web and there's a, a black house spider called a badumna and they're quite sensitive to people so if you fiddled with its web it might come out and say hello but they they will live down in their web and they're not harmful to us they're not going to come out and bother us that that's just their home um, um so like the hoy i've got a i've got a couple of uh hoyas and all you can see is spider webs, you know, and mm. not the plan hardly. Do I, do I, am I supposed to just leave them, am I? Well, you know, if if they're unsightly or they bother you, what I occasionally might do is just uh, get a get something and just disturb their web. I use a little soft banister brush. Ah, uh, okay. And I, I go along brushing my plants because I'm having a very spidery time too, Beth. Webs everywhere, spiders mm. everywhere. I'm walking through them. It's just been really, that seems to be prevalent with the weather that we've been having as well. Right. Yeah, but I just get a little banister brush and go through because I, yeah. I have them in my bromeliads and things like that and it just sort of I mean, there's can get a bit out of I, hand. I think if we've got lots of spiders, that's a sign of good times because okay. the worrying times is when we don't see insects. It really is a concern. They're part of the food chain. You know, one day I was tidying up, you know, areas that I don't interfere with much and I turned over a a plastic water tank and there was the biggest redback I had ever seen. And I went, whoa, and I reached for my phone in my back pocket. By the Mm -hmm. time I I could even get to the camera app, a wattle bird swooped down and took Took the redback. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. But we have, um, there are willy wagtails, there are blue wrens, there's spine bills. There are so many birds out there that rely on these for food. And then there are wasps that hunt particular types of spiders. It's it's part of the food web, Beth. Oh, okay, it's amazing. Okay. Mm. Yep, all right. <laughs> Maybe I'll just get rid of the web then yes. every now and then. Okay. Yep, yep. Great. do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Cheers for that. 
Okay, time for a short break. When we return, we're chatting with Joy, reader of Maida Vale. I sometimes don't pre-read, I just read. Uh, lemon oil, which she said is quite expensive, or lemon rind, placed around will get rid of spiders in pots. Okay, well, there you go. If that's, That sounds like a really nice solution because our previous caller, I think, was looking for the al- the ultimate solution. Mm. Yes, the holy grail. And uh, lemon oil or lemon rind placed around. I'm going to give that a whirl myself, Rita. Thank mm. you. Titan Radio. 24 minutes after nine, we are going straight back out to the lines. Coming up at 10 a.m., George Minoldi, classic 60s. He always puts on a sensational show. And speaking of sensational, from 12 noon, Brendan T. Doesn't get any better on a Saturday afternoon. And I think a lot of people will be holed up today, go underground. The radio will be very important. All right, let's go to Byford. Joy, nice to hear from you. Good morning. How are you, ladies? We're good. We're doing great. Thanks, Joy. That's good. Well, what the heat hasn't killed up here, the easterly winds have. Oh, yes. <laughs> what, doesn't, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? <laughs> it does. Yes, it does. I just nice want theory. to know how you know when butternut pumpkins are ready to pick. The Often the plant will die down, and I would leave it longer than when the plant dies down. Um, yep. Where I've seen them growing out in the country, they will even leave them... For the frost, so I don't think I'd leave them that long. But what you want to do when you do pick them, the the plant has usually died down and you leave about a five centimetre stem on the pumpkin. Yep. You don't cut closer than that because it can encourage rot in the top of the the pumpkin itself uh, and they will keep for months. So you can also tap them and I think they sound a bit hollow. Oh, Okay. So it, that's the only thing that's thriving, believe it or not. Oh. So I just wait until the vine sort of starts dying and then um, start picking them. Yeah, you could even, I mean, I guess it's been growing for a while. Have they sort of yes, gotten as big yes. as they're going to I'd to get? Say, so yes. they've matured and, yep. um, and what's the state of the vine at the moment? Does it look healthy or is it just... Yes. It's the only oh. thing that's growing well, oh, well <laughs> funnily enough. Yeah. yeah, I would leave them. The longer you can leave them, the better. But yep. you may, if you've got quite a few on there, you may like to, to take the oldest one and just try it. Sometimes if they're not quite ready, they'll they'll be pale in colour and they'll weep. Okay. Mm. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Okay. All right, bye. the heat, lady. Yeah, you too, Joy. Thank you, garden. Yeah, exactly. Take care, lady. Doing our best. Cheers. That's all we can do, isn't it? Absolutely. Yep. Okay, Okay, take care. All right, bye. Bye. And let's go to Mandra talking about a lemonade tree. Maggie, good morning. Oh, good morning, lady. Um, I've had had a lemonade tree for 10 years or more than 10 years. It was here when I came and it's always had, it's never been without fruit. It's either had a flower and a little one and a bigger one and a huge one to pick and it's never been without it. This year, I've got a lot, but they've only got to sort of like a bit bigger than an egg, egg, but round. And I've been going out and finding them on the ground with half of it eaten off the skin and then the whole inside out. But now they're being eaten off the tree. Mm. I picked off 12 yesterday. What would that be? Oh, I think it's probably rats. Oh. Mm. 
Ray and I were just talking. The rats I've never had it before. No, there are rats moving around, and they I think they're quite prolific at the moment. Oh, good. Mm. What, what, what would you do with it? What would you do about it? I'll never have any left. Uh, well, you can put a barrier over your tree, like a net. Mind you, they've got sharp teeth like an and they tree. they can chew through a net. Uh, you mm-hmm. can do live trapping. Uh, you mm-hmm. can use traps. I And I would put them up high because if you've got native marsupials, you don't want, say, say bandicoots or um, other small marsupials getting in there. Uh, yeah, I live in a vill- I live in a village, and I have never seen a bandicoot. Right. Um, whether they're here or not, I don't mm. know. But would I just put the trap in the tree? Uh, depending on what sort of trap you use, you you could, if you could secure it, that would probably be a good idea because whatever is going in the tree has got to probably run up the stem or jump from a fence or another tree branch close by. The other thing that you can do is use baits. There is one that has reduced secondary poisoning, uh, and I know that one is Rakamin. Um, And sometimes that, you know, some of us have had to go to that level to make a difference. Rakamin. You won't find it at your local hardware store, but you may find it at a like a landmark or agricultural supply Outlet. store. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Or and, online. Um, don't have any animals I've, around? I've, no, I don't have animals and I've never seen an animal. Yeah, we've got pretty high fences and I've never seen the cats aren't allowed to roam about. I've okay, never seen good, good. Yep, good. Um, dogs can't get in my mm. backyard. Well, that's good because if you, if you were to be poisoning rats, you don't want and, them impacting and, other and there are ways that you can do it. So you could yeah. put that in a trap itself uh and you could also put in a pipe and i i tend to go high not at ground level because of marsupials i've noticed the tree's got as it comes up it's got lots of branches going here there and everywhere and i thought oh i could put a trap there probably Mm. i don't know what sort of trap but that's what i was just wondering um the other day i i found a dead mouse it was only little, and yep. it was down beside the yes. beside the garden where they are. But would a rat kill a mouse? Uh, uh, not too Is sure. It? I wouldn't think so. But but I do wonder if you think you saw a mouse, whether it was a baby rat. Oh, it might have been. Mm. And so, yes, and maybe one of your neighbours has baited, and that is why. What happens? Why you? Because you wouldn't normally see a dead rat or mouse around and I don't think unless it had been baited or if Mm. it had been attacked by a bird or a reptile in which case they probably wouldn't leave the evidence. And and the funny thing about it was it was just laying on this beside a raised bed garden on the path Mm. and I I saw it there and I thought I'll pick it up tomorrow Mm. and when I went back the next day all I could see was a bit of fur there was nothing left. Oh well let me tell you Maggie we had these amazing beetles that as soon as something dies these beetles come in and there's all sorts of flies and there's a whole clean up crew that come because of a dead animal 
It's the just... night before, the night before it was perfect. It yeah. had the tail, it was laying down there asleep, looked like asleep. We better stop talking about it. this, Maggie. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people out there that don't like the subject. Give you the heebie-jeebies. Oh. You wouldn't want to, you know, pass out yourself or anything then, would you? No, you would not. <laughs> mm, stay be hydrated. Careful, Maggie. <laughs> so, you definitely think it's a rat. I... I've never seen a rat before here yeah. in the village, you know. Mm. Mm, okay then. Thank you so much for your help. You're welcome. All Cheers right. For that. Bye. Thanks very much. Bye bye. I was reading about a product the other day uh, by default because um, I know some people have possum issues uh, mm. with their in their gardens, in their fruit trees, and so forth. And there's a product, Charlie Carpel fish, you know, fish products. Apparently, a really good deterrent for possums because oh. they don't like the smell of the fish. Don't think it would work for rats, but mm. for possum and deterrence. Like rabbits. We like deterrence. Yeah, yeah. something like a, a chicken pelletized chicken manure and the smell of blood and bone mm. keep away certain animals. Yeah. And there is, of course, the product known as Deter. Deter. And that yeah. will keep a range of things. I Honestly, I don't know how effective it is. Yeah, we've mm. talked about it many times on the yes. program over the years. And uh, Sue rang in from Canning Vale and she's saying her orchids and dendrobiums love this heat, have new shoots. Yes, I've noticed that on some of mine as well and have grown 40 centimetres in the last wow. fortnight. They're like on steroids. They yes. do love it. It's tropical. It's the perfect storm, isn't and it, for certain plants? And if you can get out there and give them a spritz in the middle of the day, exactly. it creates that humidity it emulates which some that. plants just love. That's exactly right. And, uh, yes, I've noticed that as well. They're, they're thriving. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. 94841927. I, I think I need to give something else oh, away. Oh, please do. Okay. You must be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. $75 gift voucher up for grab. Compliments to Kerry from Bigger Trees up there in Pickering Brook. Now, Bigger Trees specialise in frangies also ornamental and fruit trees. And I was liaising with Kerry during the week and she said the frangies right now are looking absolutely sensational. They do make, I'm chatting with a neighbour at the moment and she's actually gone frangy mad where she's buying up more frangies because she wants that canopy and mm. also they are tough and they, they're they one of the, you know, they're, they're handling these conditions that we're enduring at the moment. So it's just forward thinking. So frangies are a very good option. And she said hers are looking really good at the moment. And she has an exciting range of rainbow frangies. Now, what they are is they've grafted up to five different varieties oh. onto the one tree. Oh, yeah, rainbow frangies. So they're up there to go and have a look at. So they also have the rarer, harder to find varieties in frangies as well. So for big plants. Plants, little plants, check out biggertrees.com.au and they also have a great Facebook page. You can go and have a little browse of that. Okay, here we go. And uh, give Bev a call, 94841927. Which plant is known as the hurricane lily because it does not bloom till after heavy rain? Which plant is known as the hurricane lily? because it does not bloom till after heavy rain. Mm. And you can thank John for these hard questions. 94841927, not to be a Kurt, uh, have won a prize in the last 28 days on the station. You must be a Curtin FM member to participate, and we will send that $75 gift voucher to you this week. And do let us know what you, what you get with it. You just triggered a memory, Ray, of summer flowering bulbs that we yeah. might have in our garden. I, I've got a surprise in my shade house that I've potted up 
ages ago and it was given to us by an elderly Italian relative and it's bursting to life at the moment, these amazing white trumpet flowers and also a hymenicallus or spider lily that I've got flowering at the moment. Just just different, you know, it adds yeah. a, a new element different to the Different dimension. And yeah. last weekend at the Aroid Society meeting, Ian was talking about a plant, that an aroid that grows from a bulb and it dies down after after summer and it comes back again. I was looking at this beautiful plant and thinking, I've got a couple of those in my garden. And then he said, this plant I got from Faye many years ago. My goodness. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. So lovely to share plants. A full circle. And I hadn't even realised it was an aroid. So some of the aroids, which are, of course, the philodendron, peace lily type family, some of them are actually bulbs. So the... Amorphophallus, the Titan Arum, you know, the giant flowers. Mm. Mm. Which I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the Aroid family. Yeah. Are they the ones that um, Very smell? stinky, yeah. yes. <laughs> Dranuncula vulgaris, yes. the Dragon Arum. Yes. So, and you, for listeners that aren't quite following me, their flowering part is a spadix with a spade. So this is like a sheath, a sheath that stands up like a cloak behind a spear that comes up the centre. So Almost a little bit like lily. your peace lily. Yeah. yeah, it is that type. Mm. And anthuriums, the flamingo flower, mm. are also aroids. You're probably going to hear me say this word a lot. So a lot of aroids are indoor plants. Big family. Mm. Yeah, wonderful family. Okay. Now I can see that the lines are very busy with people chasing the bigger tree voucher good on you guys uh we'll obviously have a winner very soon now ray i'm going to hand this to you this is a list that john's come up with of low growing and dwarf conifers for the garden but i'm also going to move on to this email uh sent in from john of wanneroo and something is attacking his chili plants uh i all i can see is a couple of small marks on a leaf so that tells me that it, it may be a rasping and sucking insect. So it could be uh, could be the grasshoppers at the moment. Plenty of those uh, around. They, there Scoundrels. certainly are. Yep. There are also weevils, mm. uh, caterpillars and uh, maybe slaters, although this is up the plant. So... I would get out there at night time and have a look with a torch. The caterpillars and weevils do come out at night time. So you could easily find them then if they're around. It may be that something's attacked but has has gone. Uh, the, there's no big holes. It's just they've taken away part of the leaf. You could use something like um, a, de- a deterrent, a seaweed or fish product. Uh, and that would help if you want to spray the leaves, not on a 40 degree day. I would use something like eco oil, which is organic and won't hurt the plant and still be safe to eat. But it'd be much easier if you could actually identify and find the culprit there. Yeah, for sure. 
And I had the electrician out yesterday. My water fountain hasn't been working for a couple of weeks. And I thought it was an electrical problem. And first of all, he said, no, no, you, you know, you pump stuff. And I thought, oh, here we go. And I, I do like, I have to say, I do like a little bit of like a, a fountain, so a little bit of water running. It's aesthetically mm. helps me feel cool or does something uh, to me. I don't know. It feels better in the garden. Anyway, turns out ants had eaten through some of the electric cables from the... What? Yeah, ants. That's how I've eaten through yeah, electric yeah. cables. Something like that, he told me. Yeah. You better get those ants to the ag department. That's I have, bad. I have artesian, artesian. I've already done that. Yeah, oh. and they've eaten some part of the connection of the power through to the pump. Um, you know, because it, it goes underground and then you know c- comes through to underneath the fountain uh, where the pump is situated. And he said he came back to me. He said, no, it's electrical, all right. So he's coming back tomorrow with a some sort of resin, he said, that he's going to use and they won't be able to eat through that. He said, wouldn't have done them any good, uh, but it's amazing. Ants. There you go. I've never heard of that before. That, I would not have picked that, I'm afraid. Yeah, mm. unless it's something else, but I don't know. That's what he That's what he was reporting to me yesterday. So the, the coating around the wires. Yeah, it's been... Compromised. Yeah. Yeah, so it just stopped working. Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, let me see. We do have a winner uh, of the $75 Bigotry voucher, Brandy. Thank you for playing Brandy, and we'll ensure that that uh, voucher is mailed to you this week, and do let us know what you get with that. And uh, we're also talking uh, to Lynn in Duncraig. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? We are good. We've got so many things going on today, Lynn. We probably sound a bit upside down. No, that's okay. Not a problem. Um, I just want to ask, before you did the quiz, you were talking about something for retaining moisture. Yes. You didn't quite catch it. Would you be able to give us the name again, please? It's called Biagra. Sorry, say that again? Biagra. B-I... A G R A by Agra, and it works. Agra, and it works. Yeah, yeah not to be mistaken with the other, uh, and it works <laughs> in conjunction with Aquaforce. So there's two products Aquaforce. that work together. Okay, yeah, and that sort of helps with moisture, does it? Absolutely, and uh, the oh. Biagra is the the latest game changer on the market. Yeah, does that also help them to grow, or is there something else that you mentioned as well? to help them to grow. Well, I think if you can actually improve your soil amongst many other soil amendments that you might do, the biggest one is making sure that the actual uh, water is getting into the ground to the root zone of your plants. And we have such yeah. huge um, repellency issues here in, in this in this climate. The sun makes our, our soil irrepellent. Uh, it, yeah. it cooks it. Yeah, so the two products work together and that's going to assist everything else that you're trying to do with your, with your garden. The, the, these ones are actually designed for lawn, but I read Biagra also can be used in the garden. Oh, okay. So it's for lawn, but it can be used in the garden. And, and the, other, the other one that you said, sorry, the second one? Aquaforce. Aquaforce. Okay, cool. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Cheers for that. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. We'll be back shortly. Thank you for your company this morning. You do catch us out. Our fault. Okay, where are we, Fayakara? I've got some, let me see, some ideas for our lady who rang in this morning uh, looking for some smaller ideas for uh, pots. We've got a couple of examples for you. Uh, These are conifers. This is what we were speaking about. Now, these are very hard to 
I, I will give you probably the common name because I think that's going to be a lot easier to take in. We've got Aurea Nana Compacta. Aurea Nana Compacta. We also have Gold Star and we have Aurea Gracilis. Aurea, A-U-R-E-A, Gracilis. We've done a little bit of research and th these are three that won't grow very tall at all in your pots. And uh, as I said, we, you can also maintain them a little bit. Conifers are easy to do that with. You can shape oh. them up a little bit. If yeah. you get a conifer that is going to only get as big as the size you want you will yeah. not have to do any maintenance you just keep it watered slow release fertilizer a little bit of mulch and it will be one of the most easy care plants you have in your garden this one's great the aurea nano compactor grows to just 80 centimeters in 10 years <laughs> okay and there's an and the gold star grows to 1.5 meters tall two metres wide, okay, because some of them can get a little bit wide, and the Aurea gracilis uh, grows to about 2.5 metres tall. You know, that's not very big, uh, and that's manageable. Mm. Okay. Now, Alison has sent us a photo of frogs in the garden, but actually they're not in the garden. They're hiding in the outdoor furniture. So when, she, when husband oh goes to move them, they put up a little bit of a fight and we over the cushions. They also leave droppings, which is not very nice. Mm, what can you use as a deterrent? Because they're looking for a nice hidey place. Why are they hiding in the furniture and not not in the plants? How big are their droppings? Because uh, I see them. Big, right? I about see, yeah, I have them all around. And about they, a centimetre. Yeah, yeah, and they get all around. They get even get on my, um, like, the out external of my house, the sills, you mm. know. I yes. would find them on there and I know it's them. I thought it was. Just know. put them into the compost bin or the worm mm -hmm. farm because mm. it's nutrient recycling. How can you keep them off oh, your furniture? Frogs. Mm. Good grief. Mm. No, well, I must admit with my outdoor furniture, I've now gone for something simple. If frogs are hiding in there, that's not really good. I also admit that I had rats nesting in a lounge and I figured if rats go in there, then something else might go in that predates upon them. Mm -hmm. So Got I, I deemed that was not a suitable lounge for our outdoor area. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, because potentially a snake could go in there after the rats. So mm. to any, you know, I use things with um, visual where I could see visually yeah. that there was nothing around. Very simple furniture. But keeping in mind, you also live on a property, so mm. your your problems are different to probably yes. us living in, in yeah. suburbia. Keep it simple. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I would just maybe um, take the cushions off and put them away when you're not using them. That will also stop the maintenance issue because they get very dusty outside and sure then do. spiders can get in there too. So keeping your furniture simple. So there aren't those extra hidey spots. Hmm. Unless anyone else has other suggestions. And earlier today when we gave away the products Biagra and Aquaforce, we asked the question, what is xeriscaping? Xeriscaping is the practice of designing landscapes to reduce or eliminate the need for irrigation. And you hmm. saw an example of that last year, didn't you, at an open garden? Was uh, it yes, but that Straw garden Hill? was also irrigated by a grey water system uh -huh. so there was some some water going on it mm. but the the principle was very low water use and you know with the climate we've got at the moment we don't want to be 
going out, you know, mothering our gardens and having to hand water when we can choose plants that to fill those gaps that maybe don't need any water. Yeah, quite, quite correct. Mm. Okay. Uh, another email that we had, Ray, and this uh, came from Pam, and she thinks she's got mould on a plant. It, it could be a... Um, I don't think it's a camellia. I'm I'm not sure exactly what plant it is. Could even be a climber, but it does look like a, a mealy bug or scale insect. And I would probably, I'd be tempted to give it a cut back. The leaves also look like they're a bit browned off. By cutting back the plant, reducing the infestation, it's possible that there's not en- enough airflow getting there because mm. these bugs get where they like a dry environment they get into creases and and this lot have set up home so reducing it by cutting back the worst of it and maybe treating with with just methyl spirits on a cotton bud dabbing it if it's a, a small problem if it's bigger the fact that you've opened it up a bit created airflow hit it with something like uh, eco oil or if you want something tougher, there are systemic treatments available that would also help. Oh, there we go. There's there's a bigger plant. This is a what I call Brazilian jasmine. Yes. And, um, yeah, I would give that a, a good cup back after springtime, make it bushier and encourage some new growth. But keep an eye on those bugs with everything I just said. Okay. All right. After the break, we have got 10 minutes left of the program, and so we can take a couple of calls. Um, But just um, another shout-out to HydraWise and also to the winner, Jude Welch, on behalf of her son. Uh, And we will be talking about another opportunity for you in a moment. Okay, you are... With Ray and Faye this morning, wrapping up, we've got about eight minutes left of the program. Is there something you wanted to say? Well, John's just come in uh, with a response to keeping frogs away. And he says, uh, from what he's found out, that you can use a vinegar spray. Okay. And because the frogs are very sensitive, they will stay away. Now, don't take my word for this because I would want to ensure that no frogs are harmed. If you're using either this vinegar spray, another solution is a bleach spray. And he also mentioned salt. Uh, once again, I, I'm not sure how harmful this might be to frogs, but we can look into that further as time goes on, Ray. Okay, now before our short break, I was talking about opportunity for our listeners to win a irrigation controller, a smart outdoor smart controller called the Orbit Beehive Pro 8 Station Outdoor Smart Controller. It is valued at $359 and it uses smart weather sense technology to track weather conditions for your postcode and adjust your water appropriately. Now, the smart watering waterwise settings per irrigation zone allow you to enter your soil type, plant type, sprinkler type, the sunlight, rainfall, the slope that you're on, uh, 
schedule adjustments and so on. And the more information you give the controller about each zone that you're irrigating, the more water it will save over and above your program watering time. Too smart by half, I say. And this smart controller is full of easy to use benefits and customer feedback shows that it's the easy, easiest smart controller on the market. Okay, and this one is called Beehive Pro, the Orbit Beehive Pro. Now, we are giving this away. We will announce the winner first first thing next Saturday morning. What we need you to do, it's open to everybody, is send us an email and tell us why you want to win it. Don't just say, consider me. Tell us a little story. Give us a paragraph. Tell us Give us why. a reason. Yes, absolutely. And send it to gardening at curtainfm.com.au and uh, we'll close the entries at 5pm next Friday. And uh, yeah, go for it and have a little Google of this product if you get a, get a chance and uh, learn a little bit more about it. They are fascinating. As I say, I do have a Wi-Fi controller and uh, it's life changing <laughs> when, because I mean, irrigation and irrigation boxes and retick, it's the bane of our existence as gardeners, right? It okay. can be. <laughs> We're in Leeming. Hi, Elaine. Oh, hello. Um, I, I love your show. Thanks very much. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, who am I talking to, Ray or Faye? Or doesn't uh, we're both here. <laughs> yeah. uh, when you mean uh, the, the lady who rang about her lemons being eaten from the inside out and you said it's more than likely rats and it will be rats got rather expensive taste. And Rackerman, uh, I used to work for um, half a day a week or, and a little bit longer for the last, uh, not last year, but the year, about 10, 12 years before, at Night of Arc. And um, we very often didn't like using uh, baits anyway. Yes. Uh, yep. As you say, definitely not on the ground. And if we did use one, it was I think it was well and truly out of the way. Um, I think they eventually finished up getting someone in. Um, I got rent to kill putting baits in my ceiling a couple of years ago. But one year I put some baits around and they did actually take it. And as you said at the gardening show, Years ago, she said, oh, you've got to put baits around when there's no food around. But, of course, the rats are getting a bit desperate now. They must be. Um, mm. rent uh, Racumen was the only one um, we would actually use. They have a lot of rat baits advertised in Bunnings and that, and God only knows what they do to animals, any yeah. animal, yeah. native or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. we understand, yeah. Elaine. Yeah. yeah, the only thing you've got to worry about with rent and you don't have to worry about it if you use it yourself. I mean, with um, Racumen. Racumen. Wear gloves because if you if you handle it with your bare hands, the rats will pick up the scent and they won't take the bait. Mm, okay, yep, that's a good point, Elaine. But I actually got uh, I finished I finished up a couple of years ago and I just had rent kill in the other day, and they checked in the ceiling and they said, "Oh, you still got a bait up there," and I think I'd gone to put in two years ago, but um, that cost eighty five dollars for the year, but it was worth it because uh, at that stage of the game, I was. Um, given up on the fig tree which I had for about 30 years mm. and I was just feeding the rats so one of those two options um, but if, you, if you're using uh, I wouldn't use any rat baits and I'm very hesitant to using snail pellets uh, yep. I used to have little bob plows that come in the back of my yard but if, if you're using any well the only bait I would use if I had to but now that I've got the baits in the ceiling I don't need to I haven't got a problem with rats and I haven't got any fruit on the ground either I might have Oh, thank, Thanks, thank Elaine. you. Thanks, Elaine. You just That's... need to use baits, Eric. Gloves, I mean, you. Good on. Otherwise, they wrap, pick up your scent, and I think, oh, I'm not going to touch that. The humans touched it. Mm. They're too smart by I half I wonder if also. that'll work if we mm. run our hands over all our lemons. <laughs> they stay away. Can well, smell our scent. <laughs> yeah. You could run your hands over all the... 
I haven't got any seedlings in the ground yet, and I'm sort of wondering what's going to happen when I do. But anyway, not for a while yet. Mm, no. Okay. Love you, Sarah. Thanks very much. Keep Thanks, cool. Elaine. Thanks, Elaine. Okay, just wrapping up the program this morning. Is there anything more you would like to say, Faye Akaro? Oh, I, I uh, think my I'm mind's... just about talked out, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> you did bring in a beautiful bunch of flowers there. I did. I did. Well, I'll give you, I think I'll that... give you 30 seconds. Oh, okay. Well, I have canners. They're a hot favourite at the moment. They are just looking so wonderful. They don't care about the heat. I can, They're see, pushing I can up... see Geisha Girl. Beautiful new I foliage. I can see Agapanthus. Yes. And I can see, I like to, I say Princess Lily because it's easier. Yes. Elstromerias, if people Elstromeria. are looking for some colour and they mm. don't want to go down the annual path, these are repeat performers. And like Carol was saying, the newer varieties will continue flowering. If you've got Princess Lilies or Elstromeria, just pluck out the old flowers. Or even when I pulled these this morning, I just plucked them out at the base and then they'll continue reshooting. And another favourite of mine, Ray, this is a good little filler. It's a lovely shrub called Bakia vagata. And it's such an insect magnet. Lots Does of it have tiny a, little have a, another name? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to remember that. It's hardy. It's water-wise. Uh, insects love it. Birds love it. Okay. Thank you. Good All filler. Right. All right, a busy morning. As you would know, we've had a lot of giveaways and continuing on uh, next week as well. So lots of giveaways. We do feel a little bit like it's Christmas time and uh, the highlight and spotlight is very much on water saving at this time of the year and we're strongly supported by WA Turf Growers Association and uh, we thank them for that. Look, uh, thanking everybody this morning. George Minoldi is up next with the classic 60s and then Brendan T from 12 noon. Am I... Gardenism for the morning is the amen of nature is always a flower. <laughs> so like true. That. Stay cool, everyone. Happy gardening. We'll see you next week. Cheers for now. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.